Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to the Freeman Means Business Wonder Women in Business podcast. Usually, I host these in the morning hours, and as we all know, we're under unique circumstances with our shelter-in-place order in place in California. Um, so today, I'm hosting one this afternoon. I'm super excited to share with you um, more about my friend, Maya Markovich. She's over on the East Bay, um, but we both live in California and are both doing our best to remain positive under this shelter-in-place order. Maya, thank you so much for being here today. <laughs> thank you so much, Susan. It's a pleasure. I'm glad we finally got a chance to do it. <laughs> yeah, so she's talking about this. So for a long time, <laughs> she and I had scheduled this podcast, and, and not just a long time. We probably rescheduled it, I don't know, five or six times. So we thought, well... There's nothing uh, stopping us now. We're stuck inside. There's no uh, schedule conflict or anything. So we're going <laughs> to knock this out. I'm super excited to have other people get to know you, at least in, in part, as well as I know you. Um, and we'll talk more about that in a minute. But first, for those who don't know you, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Yeah, totally. So, um, well, I've got a pretty broad background. Um, I have a, on the professional side, I mean, I've got a master's in psychology, um, emphasis on organizational and social psych. And um, in that, I was really focusing on how groups in various settings influence each other and work together. Um, I worked for a while after that in change management consulting. And that was great. I mean, it was a team, I was part of a team that conducted these kind of on-site organizational effectiveness analyses and then develop these targeted plans to support project implementation. So everything from like communication to coaching plans, training, um, overcoming resistance, all of that kind of stuff. Um, those are really all geared towards maximizing employee engagement and you know, driving faster adoption and higher proficiency in like kind of these new, in, in a newly changed environment. So let me um, ask you a question about that. Um, so sure. let's say I see a lot of M&A going on and I would think someone like you would be a huge or doing that, which you used to do, would be a huge benefit when you have two different cultures coming together. Oh, yeah. Um, I mean, totally. I, I totally agree. And I mean, post-merger acquisition is a huge, huge practice, I, I know, in, in big... Um, you know, in big consulting firms and stuff, because it, it takes a long time to get it right, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And folks, you don't yet know her like I know her now. Some of the folks <laughs> who listen to this later will say, oh, that's my friend, because she's pretty well known. But um, you're perfect for that. I could see you, you know, bringing people together or, you know, uh, showing how to bridge gaps, if you will. Uh, so because your personality is so great at that. <laughs> Lots of EQ. Oh, well, that is an incredible compliment. <laughs> Thank you. Speaking of EQ, then I went to law school, right? <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I tried not to, um, but it's hard to, it's hard to maintain. Yeah. You know, no, no joke. Um, I practiced for several years there. You know, obviously as part of that, I, you know, I often found myself in high stress, high stakes situations, trying to figure out you know, because I was, you know, one of the junior members on the team, usually kind of being the one asked to try to figure out and deploy and maximize use of some tech tools to streamline, you know, these very labor intensive processes that had a high risk of human error, you know. So, so I, at that time, I really became 
intrigued kind of on a almost a hobby level <laughs> on how technology could improve results you know for clients and let case teams spend more time on you know strategic and creative work um, then you know then after that I made the leap over to the vendor side in product management and product marketing roles um, and then next law labs found me um, I immediately recognized really how I that it was just this light bulb obviously that went on and was an opportunity to bring together all these different threads of my experience in a, in a totally new way. You're so fortunate, not lucky because you worked hard and you sought <laughs> out, you know, success. I don't ever say, Oh, lucky you, you worked your ass off, but um, what a great place to land where, um, and I like to talk to, you know, refer to people like you as tech partners versus vendors. Um, but you brought all your skill set to the table in various different ways, kind of bringing everything together. It's sort of, um, I know her story, folks, is very cool. Um, I, I can't, I'm, there's nothing she hasn't done and done well. So, um, yeah. I, I awesome. don't know about that. I really don't know. <laughs> well, you didn't um, tell me the bad part. <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. Um, I mean, Next Law Labs is great. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, what we do is we act as an innovation catalyst within Denton's, which is the world's largest firm um, by attorney headcount. And what we do there is really just like, as I said, we leverage all this early stage legal tech that's solving some kind of identified challenge um, within the business or practice of law um, on the firm or client side in some compelling way. So we also have an investment arm. Next Law Ventures, and we currently have what we think is the largest legal tech portfolio. Um, and we work really closely accelerating those companies by helping them tap into, you know, the ecosystem of Dentons and subject matter expertise to really help them scale. Um, so a lot of what we do there, of course, is change management, which is, you know, it's great yeah. to use my background there at this time, especially now it's, it's a really great inflection point because there's this growing understanding that change is imperative, right, for the industry. And so there's not the luxury, really, that we used to have of just being like, you know, the old way is fine. You know, I think people are increasingly understanding that that's not. I was really just going to ask you that. Do you think we're there yet? I mean, you said a uh, growing understanding. <laughs> yeah, it's growing. It's growing. Yeah, I think it depends on where you look, too. Some people, you know, they haven't planted the seed yet. And I personally believe that if you haven't, uh, experienced any errors, you, you denied yourself an opportunity to learn new lessons. You're maybe not being innovative enough. So those firms that are willing to take this risk, uh, you know, and embrace technology, um, you know, no, we're not talking the big firms like Denton's and other, you know, global big firms, they get it, they're businesses of law, but we're talking, you know, mid-sized firms that maybe now they're willing to invest the money in the technology and they still have a lot to learn about how to you know, best uses and best practices and so forth. Yeah, totally. Totally. Well, there's a growing body of knowledge out there. You know, I mean, that's the thing. It's so cool right now is, you know, there's a, the opportunity right now to be shaping a lot of this stuff, you know, and yeah, people are going to make mistakes and do it wrong and do it right and have to chuck some things and, and move on. But it's, but it's very dynamic, you know, and, and the other thing is, is that the thing that I really love about the law and why I am so glad and proud to be part of it always is that it, you know, it impacts every single person on this earth in some way. Um, you know, and I think it's really great. I mean, on the community side for me, you know, I, I try because of what I have learned and the, you know, access that I have, 
um, via Nexlaw Labs and Dentons, I really am trying to leverage my current role in ways that can, you know, hopefully have a broader societal benefit. You know, I mean, I, I there's a lot of lessons that are translatable there, and yeah. and I like to be able to, you know, I I am on the boards of you know a few organizations, and I mentor um, a, on a couple of different you know women in law legal tech um, groups, and and you know just basically, you know, trying to use the knowledge that we're all getting to support those legal tech initiatives that are really improving access to justice and, and gender equity, right? And I think that- Everything's changing all the time. Basically. Yes, I was just going to say lots and lots of lots of moving parts in every way you look. It's not just, so, so I was going to say you're involved in um, disruption without interruption. So to be able to integrate all that that you do without stopping the flow of business you know is is very ideally <laughs> yes ideally. and i also want you to talk a little bit about um i know you're a great speaker well first of all your voice is amazing so everyone on this <laughs> podcast they know that i i get feedback from listeners and i get this because i teach this stuff they're like you should lower your voice an octave and your n natural tone because you you, you gain more credibility when you're in your lower natural range. But I tend to get to wow. like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like way up there. Now, everything is I'm sick right now, so my, my range is probably very nice right now. You know, but normally I sound like Minnie Mouse. Um, but speaking of that, I wanted you to tell people um, all the wonderful topics that you travel the country and speak on because you're remarkable. Mm. You have quite a portfolio of topics that you speak on. I do, and and um, sometimes people think I can speak on things that I can't, and then I just sort of <laughs> give it a try, and it <laughs> sometimes it works, you and can sometimes do it, it doesn't. Maya. <laughs> <You> can do it. <laughs> um, well, let's see. I mean, um, you know, I speak on. Um, I know you access to justice. I yeah. speak on uh, technology-related access to justice. I speak about um, innovation in law firms, obviously, um, legal tech investment in legal tech. Um, uh, one that you and I both know about, of course, which um, through our the wonderful Gina Passarella was um, speaking about data, um, kind of, kind of a, a backwards look on the data of kind of industry trends in the in in the law and how um, and how you know what we can read out of that. Um, a lot of things, um, you know, especially I I get extremely jazzed about um, how it, I mean change management obviously is a really yeah. big one, um, and. Um, the behavioral science behind that, as well as how to kind of integrate that into more, um, it, it's all interrelated. You know language. what I mean? I'm just, yeah, like I'm <laughs> like, totally, I love this stuff. This is the, the, when I geek out is the behavioral patterns, the psychographics, the, the what's going on behind what you see. I love that stuff. And yes, big shout out to Gina right there. <laughs> totally. Love her. She's awesome. So yeah, um, I know you also speak on um, EQ issues and, you know, uh, so when people ask you to speak yeah. on something that you've never spoken on before, it doesn't mean you can't, you probably do have the tools in your toolkit. Um, so just know that you, you are one of the most dynamic, robust, you know, you have such a really colorful portfolio, not just from the jobs that you've had, but your personality and your education, you know, not just... Uh, school education either, but the experiences that you've had. Um, and, and I know that from our long breakfast. Folks, we met <laughs> over um, 
actually, how did we connect? I don't know how we first connected. Oh, we connected because, um, I don't know, I saw something you posted on LinkedIn and I saw that you, you know, were the uh, over-enthusiastic speaker about gender equity. And I was like, <laughs> I need to know her. <laughs> you know, that scares the heck out of some people. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just, I'm like, that's like the warning on the pack of cigarettes, you know, when I put over-enthusiastic. Um, I'm just letting you know now, I may not be your type of person, but for those who love over-enthusiastic people, right. I get lots of, uh, yeah, I get lots of people. I know. Well, yeah, we can just, yeah. you know, talk over each other endlessly, probably, right? <laughs> for sure, for sure. So we met for a cup of coffee, and it ended up being, what, two, three hours? I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, there's a lot. I mean, I mean, that's probably a whole separate podcast. Um, but yeah. Yeah, like, you know, to me, you know, the way the kind of the way that Next Law Labs even started wasn't it's it's not the robots are taking our jobs. Right. It's how can we leverage technology in the ways that other industries have long ago right. <laughs> um, right. to, to create, you know, better results and more satisfying professional lives. Yeah. You know, it's, it's man or person plus machine is way better than either one on its own. And, um, and so a comfort level is important and, you know, there's a lot of kind of urgency around getting comfortable with it, but also the benefits need to be talked about. So I try well, to do Before that you talk about <laughs> benefits with anybody, don't you um, take their temperature and sort of assess their comfort level with technology? Um, because a lot of people oh, yeah. are afraid. Yeah. And when you're afraid of something, you don't admit that and you don't learn new things about it. Um, so you have to be risk tolerant to a degree uh, to embrace, you know. Yeah. Technology. Yeah. And you have to feel like you are safe enough to really even ask those questions, you know. Yes. Which yeah. I get. I think your personality yeah. allows people to feel safe enough to share their vulnerabilities <laughs> or, you know, the things they're not certain about. But you're right. And a lot of law firms um, know they need to incorporate technology, don't know enough to ask the right questions about how. So the fact that you assess their needs and can get that out of them, you know, un, you know, you sort of discover their latent needs is really great. You're really good at that. I think you did that with me personally when we met for coffee. You asked all the right questions. Um, you've had such I a did not. I didn't, mean, I didn't mean to. <laughs> was like oh lord I met me oh no um yeah so um, there's two of them <laughs> I don't know if the world can handle two me's but I think we have two me's right here um you've had such a robust career and again I talk about your experience and how it's all related but um and and it it culminates in something wonderful I mean someone wonderful but what would you say has been your proudest professional accomplishment Mm. Um, I mean, you know, accolades are great. I'm not going to lie. You know, it's great to get recognition for all the effort, uh, mainly because I just really love my job. Um, I would say I'm, I'm really happy about a couple of things that I've had going on. Um, the first one is um, actually a project that, that we've been working on the last couple of years. We were working with Paladin, uh, which is a SaaS platform that helps manage kind of the supply and demand of pro bono opportunities. So they came to us, us initially through the investment pipeline. And at the time, they really only had a platform for in-house pro bono, which as it, as it turns out, is done very differently um, than in law firms. So I kind of immediately seized on this, <laughs> took the initiative um, and identified the Denton's US practices need. 
and I connected the dots with Paladin and then we you know facilitated the co-development of their entire law firm version of their platform um, and then subsequently you know it drove the beta and the full launch um, to all the US offices along with all the related communications and stuff and you know in the process developed a methodology which has thankfully uh, was good enough to become a, the standard for kind of catalyzing innovation within Denton's and I just yeah let me ask you this um, would this be something we could maybe do what we call a CSR or a vignette on the blog that I write about after our podcast because I would love to share a little bit about you know the client's challenge your solution and then the result that's what we call it CSR um, the challenge that's great yeah result. yeah I would love to share that in writing on the blog after so um, we'll talk more about that off the podcast <laughs> yeah why not amazing. I mean totally I mean I couldn't be happier really that I had the opportunity to drive some real change you know in narrowing this access to justice gap something I'm deeply committed to um, it's already had some really serious positive impact there's almost a 40% increase in pro bono matters that have been opened and over 60% um, increase in matters open for low-income clients. So the other thing, of course, is it showcased that Denton's was committed to innovation and community um, in an underserved practice area. And it was the first firm in the world to implement Paladin. A bunch of other firms have quickly followed suit. Um, and it just, you know, makes me really happy that I got to do that within the framework of my job. Um, well, I'm glad you mentioned that because I was going to say a firm as large as Denton's most well, there, there aren't any as large as Denton's, let's just be clear. <laughs> they're, they're the largest. But those who are um, not far behind, um, it seems like they don't focus their time, money, attention on those sorts of issues and the underserved and such. Not, a, not in a committed way that Denton's has. So that's really, really impressive. And it's not just a smart thing to do, it's a heart thing to do. So mm -hmm, I totally. love that. Um, totally. I don't think there's ever been a podcast that I've ever done where I didn't say I love that. So people know that I'm all about the warm and fuzzy. So I'm, nice. I think it's great that you did that. Yeah. Um, let's see. Um, the other thing I'm really proud of is really having taken the opportunity again in my position to work with law schools um, across the globe, really to encourage this necessary change that we need in legal education and really highlight the opportunities for law students that are entering contemporary practice. You know, especially given the astronomical cost of yeah. law school um, in, the, in the U.S., I really think that <laughs> law schools need to make some radical adjustments, you know, in how they're preparing students. And, you know, let's be real. Most law schools never really prepared lawyers for practice. Like, not you know, for, I mean, yeah, not but now it's a, I, law. Sure. Yeah, I mean, now it's a moral imperative, in my opinion, given not only the cost, but the fact that the industry itself is really just undergoing this radical transformation. So, I mean... Let me ask I've you something. Why is it so expensive? Is it lack of efficient um, processes? Is it they don't have the right technologies in place? Is it they're too old school? Why is it so expensive? I don't know. I wish <laughs> I knew. <laughs> I don't know. I mean... I took the Maybe. LSAT, did well on it, wanted to go to law school. I know I'd be a damn good lawyer, but I couldn't afford it back then. And now my life has taken off. But yeah, yeah, so what the heck? Is it because you're paying for stuff you shouldn't be paying for in this technological age? You know, maybe your processes aren't as efficient or you're not working smartly, um, law school people. 
But um, <laughs> it's a great, that. great question. Yeah. It's, it's a really great question. I mean, like why I really love being part of that effort is that it hits on, you know, so much of what I'm interested in. I mean, obviously legal and tech, but also, you know, this emotional intelligence and people skills and understanding the value of diverse teams and a more well-balanced and happier professional life that makes women room for women to have their whole lives, you know, however they choose to define it. I love that you said that. We often talk about work-life balance and I say, there's no such thing. It's work-life integration. You do it or you don't do it. There's no, you know, um, today I'll be all about work and tomorrow I'll be all about, or at five o'clock I'll kick off work and then I'll become mom. No, it's, it's <laughs> integration. Um, maybe you and Gina could talk about doing some, a series on why law school is so expensive and um, how <laughs> someone's got to uncover that yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know she's not afraid to take on the hard stuff well let me ask no, you really are funny. you have lots of chutzpah as some of my family might say um what has like somebody had to inspire you who was your mentor you know who motivated you um that's a great question. I, it kind of depends on the phases of my life, of course, but um, really, I think honestly, the person who's had the most impact on me professionally is probably my current boss, um, Dan Jansen, who's the CEO of Nexlaw Labs and Nexlaw Ventures. You know, so he, Dan, I mean, if you're listening, I want you to know she means that. She's not just saying that for this podcast, because she has told me that before when no one was listening. Um, so that's pretty awesome that you said that. Um, so good job, Dan. I hope to meet you someday. I hear great things about you. Um, but he, I mean, so why do you say that? He, you know, um, so, you know, I mean, I've been in Nexile Labs almost four years, or over four years now. Um, you know, he expects excellence and independence from everybody. And he, and, and he provides the support to enable you to be that person. So he's totally big picture and solution oriented, flexible. And he says, you know, try things. I'll take the blame if it doesn't work out. <gasps> I've never heard a boss <laughs> you know, say that. Wow. That's <laughs> totally. kind of a true leader. Um, yeah. He, you know, every week he asks me, you know, how can I help removing roadblocks, you know, blocking and tackling, shielding me from distractions. I mean, he set the tone from the very beginning and the very first team meeting we ever had. He announced a no jerks and no back channeling policies. Wow, I've <laughs> never had a Dan. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, neither had I. You know, I mean, like I didn't realize how much trust and autonomy, you know, just being treated like an adult mattered in my job satisfaction and how much that has empowered That's me to achieve. That's the kind of ally we need. Exactly, exactly. Um, and it's empowered me to achieve. Ally podcast. Do you think he'd want to be <laughs> an ally podcast? Um, <laughs> yeah, totally. I mean, he's, I mean, it's, you know, just being, having had that trust and autonomy has empowered me to achieve and deliver more, you know, than I ever have in any other job. I mean, you know, like most other people, I feel like I've, I've had <laughs> truly small minded, you know, petty, incompetent managers, which is really all the more difficult to deal with, honestly, when it's a woman. Um, yeah. but I did, I landed in a really great place. You know, I mean, it's been over four years and honestly, every time I get on the phone with him, I learn something, I learn something, you know, about how yeah. to be as a person, as a professional, as a parent, you know, I, I really couldn't be more fortunate. I, I, wow. I truly we, mean that. <laughs> this has been Dan the man hour for sure. Um, I can't <laughs> wait to meet him. He sounds remarkable. And I will say that I think your frustration is common. Like a lot. 
I, I, I'm just going to say it. I'm going to own my story and I don't care what people think, you know, other people's opinions of me is none of my business. It's because you're so damn smart. <laughs> it's, you know, you're probably frustrated with a lot of bosses in your past because you're probably smarter than they and more willing to take risks and more innovative. And, um, you know, so you, you don't operate out of fear like so many people do. I, I noticed that about you right off, right off. Yeah. Um, I have though, you know, I mean, I've been, we've all been there, <laughs> you know, I've been heads down trying to stay under the radar, you know, just trying to make it through the day for sure yeah, in other you jobs, know, you know, isn't it refreshing to have a boss who wants you to hold your head up high and try, <laughs> try new totally. things. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's awesome. Okay. So I want to ask you this, you know, that uh, my work, um, it may change now. I mean, this whole coronavirus crisis has changed how I operate my business since I am, you know, I'm the only way I make money is face to face in person traveling across the country. Well, that's not happening anytime <laughs> soon. Um, yeah. But I'm still doing my best to support women and women in business. So what can we do? Um, you know, what do you think we can do day to day to support other women in business, maybe especially in this unique time? Yeah, yeah. I um, I think I'm still working out the latter <laughs> question. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, um, you know, I mean, in general, I oh, one thing I have learned is to, uh, is that you just never know where a strong supporter or a friend, you know, is going to come into your life. Um, or it might be somebody that you would never have expected, um, given their background or something like that. And so, you know, I would say a withhold initial judgment. <laughs> um, but, you know, that said, uh, you know, and this isn't anything groundbreaking. The way I try to live my life is gather my, you know, gather your homies around you. Don't keep toxic people around you. Yeah. If you, in your personal or your professional life for that, you know. For yeah. That so and give back to them, you know, pay it forward with a connection and introduction let them know you're thinking about them or a few minutes to bounce ideas off of some crazy article you feel like writing. Um, people just respond, you know, to genuine kindness and humility and enthusiasm. It's just, it's never a bad way to go. <laughs> you know, I want to say, I noticed that in you. And that's one of the things that I, I think I do. And that's one of the things I like about me. And then when I saw that in you, I was like, Hey, cool. <laughs> it's a match. So um, yeah, but I don't find a lot of women do that. I think that, you know, again, fear factor. Um, I don't know why, but I hope more and more do. Because there are simple things you can do just by, like you said, some value add totally. or, you know, talking them up, sponsoring them, even if they don't know you're sponsoring them. Um, promote them for certain opportunities. Um, think about them when, you know, there's a speaking engagement and you know they'd be great <laughs> for that or whatever. Um, so totally. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, let me ask you, it hasn't been a bed of roses. I know you've had to put your head down every now and then. I have too. I'm not very good at it, which is probably why I own my own business now. But um, <laughs> <laughs> um, but who's asking me anyway? Um, what has been your biggest challenge or setback and how did you overcome it? You know, I mean, honestly, I think 
um, my biggest challenge was figuring out what I really wanted to do. You know, I, I've mostly had the true privilege of opportunities to choose from and not a, a, a whole lot of pushback, you know, other than the usual mis misogyny being dismissed, talked over, underpaid <laughs> that most of us have had to deal with, which by the way, I think is saying something right there, you know, that gender inequity is just something we assume is part of our world's table stakes and we just go right. forward pushing against it anyway. That's probably also a separate, entirely separate podcast topic. It totally but, um, <laughs> is. It's actually one of my talks, but we'll save that for another. Oh, day. nice. Yeah. Wonderful. Um, you know, I, I also realized that, you know, while I wanted to have an impact in the world of law, um, the partner track was just not the path forward for me. You know, I wanted to do something more, more ba balanced and something broader, you know, and as my husband and I built our family and our life together, just different priorities came into sharper focus. My, my post-practice career took off just as we had a newborn and a two-year-old. And my husband became the primary caregiver to our two young sons while he was managing his own freelance career. Um, that was, you know, we're, we're still, you know, we're, we started to figure it out. <laughs> we're still figuring it out. Um, but, you know, as a team, you know, my path empowered him to be a fully engaged parent, which is something that was really critical for my career and our kids' development and his own career and what we really both think is an important step towards you know greater consciousness of shifting roles across our culture right now and so wow. you know I we're happy that. with the choices i mean we've had we're happy with the choices we made along those lines so far <laughs> we'll see how coronavirus takes us in a yeah. <laughs> It's a game changer. Let's see how great you are at that, um, you know, uh, change agent role that you played for many years. How My you God. handle this great change. Um, I know for me, um, I have suffered the last two years, the struggles of working from home, um, not always loving it, to be honest. Um, and now everyone is posting on social the struggles they're having with this new uh, stay at home work life. And mm -hmm. I'm like, you know what? They're they're getting they're getting it now. This is what I think those of us who work from home um, have suffered for a long time. You have to really be creative and how to use technology to make business happen, and how to use mm -hmm. uh, chat and phone and text and email to uh, or private rooms or what have you to make relationships happen. Um, so it's not easy, and I think it's going to be a challenge for a lot of folks. Not as much for you and me because we're used to it now, um, but it's interesting to see how people who are nine to fivers, or you know, I'm in the office. I had a lot of lawyers who would brag they were in the office from seven to four every day, and I was like, the, the clients aren't in their offices at that hour. Why are you there then? <laughs> you know, don't brag about that. This is, you, you just exactly. want to get away from your family. <laughs> know what's going on but anyway um yeah so this is a new normal for everyone it'll be interesting to see what happens well tell us okay. something surprising um all of this has been surprising for my listeners and some of it for me but tell um us something surprising that maybe people who know you well don't even know uh i don't know i, I don't know if there's anything to <laughs> reveal <laughs> yeah no no I, I really i don't think there's anything too crazy um how about this so um my graduate advisor was um, Dr. Philip Zimbardo. So he's probably best known um, in popular culture kind of as the creator of the Stanford Prison Experiment. Um, but, you know, I mean, I've spoken about him on before on like other podcasts and stuff. His, he's, his brilliant incisiveness in identifying behavior patterns and drivers 
and really how they play out in larger societal ways and what it actually means when you look at a higher level um, was just a huge influence on how I think. Um, but the most surprising fact about me was that I was his teaching associate in the psychology of mind control class, um, <laughs> wow. which uh, was a class that students slept out overnight to get into. And all I can say, it was totally worth it. <laughs> that is amazing. So that's the kind of thing I love reading on. I am very much about all the, um, how the mind operates the rest of us, you know, like what totally influence and persuasion and why we make the choices we make. And oh man, I have so many good books to tell you about. Please, tell you. Please. you know what, <laughs> actually, after, um, after the podcast, when you send over your bio and all the stuff I'm going to put in the blog, um, I know you sent some of that, but I want you to send some more. I want you to send your favorite books or some book recommendations. Now that we're housebound, um, it would yep. be nice to, you know, see, you know, what's Maya reading today? Or <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> what's oh, Maya's sure. podcast? You know, yeah. so we'll share a little bit about the books and podcasts and websites that you appreciate most and get more insight into who you are by um, checking them out. So if people want to reach you, Maya, how can they do that? Oh, I mean, I, I'd love to engage with others who are thinking about things like this, like, you know, both within and outside the legal industry. And I find so much inspiration from connecting with like-minded folks, which obviously is how we initially connected also. Um, I encourage, you know, anybody who's listening and intrigued to please reach out on Twitter or LinkedIn. Nice. And I'll put all of your yeah. contact information in the blog on my website. So don't worry, folks, uh, you know, we can... We'll write that down. We'll spell out her name and all that good stuff. Um, <laughs> so, sure. uh, you know what you should do? I'm thinking you should um, start, a, a, I don't know, private group on LinkedIn or something Let's where we can talk about this stuff or maybe even on Zoom, you know, have a um, virtual chat yeah, once a week or something or once a month or whatever. I would love um, to jump inside your head and learn more about the studies that you just referenced and uh, share what I know and love and am passionate about with others. So think about that. And if you do that, let me know, send me an invite. Oh, I'll, you bet. I'll right in. Oh, right. I'll ask you for your, I'll ask you for your advice. <laughs> oh, and you know, um, I'll be happy to give it. <laughs> Those who know me, uh, sometimes you don't even have to ask. <laughs> anyway oh, totally. i'm so disappointed we won't be able to get together for lunch because that's always fun um but let's stay safe stay home and stay six feet away folks um Indeed. until next time thank you so much maya for being here yeah you bet it was a real pleasure thank you bye everybody